This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonema. And we're in New York today. And we had so many great questions that came in from the wilderness. Oh, so good. That we have a bonus episode. Yes. So as a reminder... You can send us questions. Unless your life is like, great, you're going through life, there are no etiquette problems, things are good. If that's not the case, please send in some questions for us. Please send them in. We love these so much. So our first question is, what is the etiquette for unknowingly giving someone a damaged gift? I'm a bridesmaid for my cousin's wedding. I got her a gift for her shower, which was held two months ago. And as far as I knew, all was well. So I was quite surprised to receive a text last week from the bride telling me that the gift was damaged. The gift receipt has also been unfortunately thrown away. Should the bride-to-be have checked her gift sooner or am I in the wrong? She briefly mentioned it at a recent family gathering and it was awkward. Any help would be appreciated. I'm making a face. Yeah, Leah's making a very, very sad, confused face. I want to say up top, People have so much stress about weddings. Yes. There's so much around it. Mm-hmm. And it's just supposed to be a celebration, yes. you know? It sounds like you're coming down on the bride's side. Um, well, I don't understand why it took two. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm not coming down on anybody's side. Okay. I just want to say for everybody, mm-hmm. I wish the load could be lightened. Yes, true. And then two months is a bit odd. It does feel a little strange that we did not notice this in two months. Also, the... Receipt was unfortunately thrown away. I'm unclear of who threw it away. Sure. So, because if you have your card, you can just take it back. However, this person doesn't seem that the bride said, can you switch it? It's like they just wanted to let you know. Yeah, there is an implication here that you purposely gave me a damaged gift. Right, which of course you did not. (laughs) Presumably that was not the case. Right. Right. So I feel like you could just be like, oh, sorry about that. Well, I think the, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that's good. I mean, in general, if you receive something that's damaged, I think if you can fix it somehow, if you can just take care of it, if this was a coffee maker, if I can just go to the manufacturer and be like, can I just get a new carafe that was broken? I would just take care of it. I wouldn't even bother the gift giver with the problem. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't bring it up. And so that's I, why I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And if I had to involve you, the gift giver in this, I would do it very apologetically. Like, oh my goodness. I just noticed this was broken and they won't deal with me unless I give them the date of purchase 
or something. Yes. Something you had to get from the gift giver. And then you could then get the gift giver to help you. Right. That's why this seems a little odd. It does feel a little odd. So I think at this point, I think we would want to just apologize for the damaged gift and offer to give some sort of assistance if possible. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Should I come over with glue? But it seems <laughs> like, it seems like. Because it doesn't seem like they're asking this person for anything. Yeah. It's just they want to complain about it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the question is, is there the expectation that if it cannot be fixed, if it's just broken, that you're supposed to now get them a new gift? Do you think the bride wants a replacement gift? I don't know. I I feel like the bride is not being direct. Uh, yes, the bride has to decide what she wants. Yeah. Yeah, she needs to pick a lane here. So I think that until that point, our writer in could just be like, S- uh, huge apologies, obviously. We had no idea. What a travesty. <laughs> leave it, la- just leave it there. And then see what the next thing is. Okay. Yeah, I guess apologize, but then offer to help. I think I want a little offer to help, even though it's been two months. Yeah. And then I think the polite thing for the bride to do would be to not take you up on that. Yeah. Be like, oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. No bigs. Yeah. That would be the nice thing. Our next question is, is it rude to give Starbucks a fake name when I order? I think have fun. I think, yeah, be whoever you want to be today. Yeah. Unless it's like a rude or malicious name, then why why not? Yeah. Like if you're like Seymour Butts. Yeah. Or like (laughs) something mean. Yeah. I guess if you're not trying to do something that makes them embarrassed. Or make them eye roll so bad that their eyes get stuck in their head because they've heard it a thousand times. You know what I mean? But like if you want to be Princess Leia for your latte. Do it. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. I was looking into this and somebody was saying that they don't give a real name because of security and safety. Mm. And a woman was saying that she was walking through Central Park with her latte and a woman came up to her and was like, oh my gosh. Lisa, it's me, Carol. How have you been? And then this woman was obviously like, I don't remember this person, but I guess I'll like play along. And it turns out this was just a scam. They just saw the name on the cup. Oh. And so for safety reasons, this woman never gives the real name anymore. I mean, I can imagine people not wanting to give their real names just for that reason. I guess, yeah. I mean, also if your name is more difficult or foreign or somebody just doesn't know how to spell it correctly, um, I guess it's fine just to give an alternate. Yeah, I mean, my name is very easy. It's never once been spelled correctly on a Starbucks. (laughs) So there you go. Our next question. Our family is going on a vacation with three other families. We're renting a large vacation home in Wisconsin, and we planned a snowshoe and supper club. Parentheses, it's a thing in the Midwest. Two of the families need an extra bedroom for kids, while the others do not. It's been suggested that we just split the cost of the rental based on the number of bedrooms each family needs. We've traveled with other families in the past and have never done it this way. We've always just split the cost evenly per family. How should it be done? Mm. Mm. Hey, I'd love to supper club. Yeah, I was Googling this. They look very cool. It feels like um, like kind of a roast and cocktails and cozy and a lot of good like starchy sides. Oh, seems, I mean, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. into it. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> and then B, I think if you could just divide the price by rooms... Mm-hmm. And then however many rooms you have, you pay. So it is per room. Yeah. That does feel like the most fair thing. Like yeah. if this were a hotel, we wouldn't do it any other way. Because arguably you have to buy the space or rent the Airbnb to get extra rooms for the extra people. Right. So you're getting bigger than you would if everybody just had one room. Right. Hypothetically, the cost Hi- is higher because we have a larger house. Yeah. So right. I think you could pay by room and then everybody feels... Also, it has been suggested by someone else on this trip that this is how we're doing it. And it sounds like our letter writer is one of the families that needs one of the extra rooms. 
So because someone else has already thrown down the gauntlet and being like, oh, no, no, you're going to pay more <laughs> for your extra kids. I feel like that decision has been made and there's not really an opportunity to politely relitigate this question. Like it has been decided that this group of people wants to do it this way. Right. And so I think you have to just go along with that. But I also think it's fair. I think it's also fair too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Our next question <laughs> from Wisconsin to Alaska. Quote, I'm going on a trip with my class to Alaska this summer. And even though there is a no fraternization rule in place, on previous trips, it has always been broken and the chaperones take no action. Usually the people doing these things are the ones I'm stuck in close quarters with, like on an airplane or in a van, and they start getting very heavy on the PDA. How do I politely tell people that I'm not extremely close to, which are practically strangers, to please cut the PDA? So first of all, let's explain what PDA is to maybe people who don't know. PDA is public displays of affection. And so this is maybe kissing. Some heavy petting. Aggressive snuggling. Yep. Okay. Aggressive snuggling. Aggressive snuggling. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, Probably kissing noises. There may be some noise factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you have advice for I this person? I was really looking forward to how you were going to answer this. <laughs> okay. So I think the first thing we want to do identify the potential perpetrators early in the trip. <laughs> so be like, okay, Lisa and Chad, they're getting close. They're going to be a problem. We're going to keep an eye on them. And then you also want to establish very early that you get queasy on airplanes and cars and need to sit up front if possible. You do not need to explain that the queasiness comes from the PDAs. It does not come from the vehicle. <laughs> and then what you want to do is say, because of my queasiness, I need to sit up front ahead of the people who are having the PDAs. And so you cannot see them. You're not looking at them. They're behind you. So I think this would be our ideal situation. I knew you would have a plan. <laughs> but if for some reason you are now stuck next to these people on the van, I think you can politely say like, hey guys, we just like knock it off till we get to Anchorage. I think you could say that. Right. Or the classic line, hey guys, get a room. Right. That's the, get a solid, the solid line. Yeah. I think it's, something like that is probably fine. And if they don't sort of tone it down, well then, I don't know. I guess you have to live with it. Yeah. I don't think you can, I mean, you could make some really wild, aggressive movements and break up their momentum. Such as what? Can you demonstrate this? <laughs> like a, like oh. a cough that kind of moves into like an arm twitch. Oh. Sort of smacks them. Sure. Or an idea. you could make some weird unattractive sort of a Something noises. Guttural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're like, Ooh, it really ruins the mood. Okay. We're going to put this on the whiteboard. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Just sort of make it like a unattractive place for PDA. Yeah. Although I think that the back of a van on the highway, not an attractive place for PDA. I mean, we've all been there. So that's why okay. I feel like I can't judge okay. this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, from Alaska to Finland, our next question is, my friend invites me to her birthday party, yet not everyone from my friend group is able to attend because of other obligations. And so the question is, if the people attending the party buy a shared gift, should we ask the people who are not going to the party to join in with the expenses? Or is it their responsibility to say that they want to be part of the group gift and pay their share? So first of all, Love that we have fans in Finland. Fantastic. How wonderful. I really have always wanted to go to Finland. It's on my list. So we'll invite ourselves. That would be rude. We're <laughs> not inviting rude, ourselves to Finland. We're leaving it open for an open invitation. Sure. If you wanted to send us an invitation, we would be happy to accept it. We'd love to do our first live show in Finland. Oh my goodness. Helsinki? Yes. 
So what no, do we say no to pressure. our- No pressure. What do we say to our thin friend? I think that if you want to invite your friends to participate in the gift, mm-hmm. just send an email saying, we're getting this gift. If you guys want to participate in it, this is how much it costs. This is how much it would be each. Mm-hmm. I think you should let them know that a group gift is happening. Yeah. I think you don't keep that information from them. I don't think it's their responsibility to like come up with this concept and ask you if it's happening. But I think if they want to join, then that's great. And if they don't, then that's also fine. Yeah. I don't think they get to sign the card if they're not joining. So I don't think they have that option. Oh, yeah. If they don't put in for it, they don't sign a card. Right. I'm just covering that base because I feel like that's the follow-up sometimes to this issue. The idea that somebody would think they could sign a card without Mm -hmm. putting in for it would Mm -hmm. blow my mind. Oh, this happens. This happens. I can't. Oh, let me just get in on that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we started at 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question came to us through our voicemail. This is so sweet. So here it is. Hello, Nick and Leah. First off, this is Shannon from Portland, Oregon, and I am obsessed with your podcast. And now my nine-year-old son, Dino, is also obsessed. And so we just listened to the last podcast about tipping, and Dino has an etiquette question. Go. If you go to, like, a fancy restaurant, that's, like, $100, and after it, you give them a $1 tip, is that mean? Uh, so I informed Dino that I thought it was very rude, and he said, isn't it better than nothing? And so we would like you to weigh in. Thank you so much. Well, Dino is clearly not being raised by wolves. No, Shannon, we love you so much. Yes. And we love you, Dino. Yeah. So Dino... Um, I think, great question. Great question. And I love that you are thinking about tipping culture already. Yeah, and what's appropriate. Right. And it's a great question to ask, why is something 
worse than nothing. Right. Because logically you would be like, oh, this is all I have. This seems better than leaving. Yeah. One dollar is more than zero dollars. Yeah, that is true. But you just can't. (laughs) You can't. And I think you can't because when you're leaving one dollar, you've made a choice to leave one dollar. Yeah, you're making it's now a comment on their service. It's a statement. You are saying that the service you've provided me is only worth one dollar to me. Right. And not anymore. And the standard for the service would be 20%. So in the example that he's given, the $100 meal, the $20 tip is what we would expect. I think outside of New York City, I think it may be 15%. You think that the tip on a dinner experience outside of New York City is less than 20%. I leave 20% wherever I go. Yeah. But I notice when I leave 20% in other places, people go out of their way to be like, thank you. Okay. I guess I'm so hardwired to 20% that it is sort of inconceivable to think of a different number, but I guess there are regional variations on this. Okay. I do think that other places it's 15 to 18. Although I'm like hardwired to be like, oh, a $19 martini. Oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon like, as we leave here, you're what like, do we know? Oh my goodness. So that's the answer. We're Dita. just overpaying here so much <laughs> the of that we have to do 20%. Yes. So point being $1 is not appropriate. For sure. And thank you for asking. And thank you for asking. And uh, may your etiquette journey be strong and robust. I don't know what. <laughs> may your... Joyous and full of kindness. Yes. May your etiquette journey be... Joyful and full of kindness. Yes. In finding great ways to uh, communicate with others. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm we just should... pushing kindness on Nick. And, uh, you know, it's a slow... It's a process. We're going to get there. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the first question because I'm definitely not coming down on the bride's side. I think it's weird that she waited two months. I think it's because you started out by wanting to excuse the bride's behavior by saying that like weddings are inherently stressful. No, I wasn't excusing your behavior. I was saying I noticed that everybody's giving us wedding questions and it makes me so sad. Okay. It just felt like you were setting the scene of weddings are a stressful time and it felt like I was about to hear Mm -mm. some. I was going to come down on the side of the writer. Okay. No, you clearly did. And I, I shouldn't have prejudged based on the initial <laughs> words that you said. And for this, I'm sorry. I just feel bad that there's so much anxiety around weddings. Oh, I mean, I'm actually surprised that we have not been getting more questions about weddings. And it's not that we are not uh, talking about them. And we're like, we're getting them, but I'm just not putting them on the air. Well, we have another one coming. We do have another one coming. But I'm just surprised that we're not getting more wedding questions. And are people not wanting to trust us with our wedding advice? That may be it. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. We have good wedding advice, people. Very good wedding advice. And I'm sad that you aren't going to get to hear it because you're not asking us questions. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Okay. We could just do a wedding segment. We might have to do a whole wedding. We'll thing. do a wedding segment. Okay. So please email us your wedding questions. Okay. Bring them in. So our next question is, I'm saving up to get microblading done, which is a $600 procedure. I'm going to the same person who also does my waxes and I always tip, but that comes out to an extra $5. So my question is, is it rude not to tip for the $600 microblading? 15% would be an extra $90. What say you? Well, I asked my friend okay. who works at a fancy spa. Mm-hmm. And she said that on these larger ticket items, mm-hmm. one might say, because there's also like the, they do a lot of like vampire facials. What is that? Put your own blood back on your face. What? Yeah. Wait, hold, hang up. What? Okay, pause. <laughs> there is a thing called a vampire facial yeah. in which we take my blood uh, yep. and we put it on my face. Yeah. Um, where is the blood coming from? You. Okay. <laughs> and like out of my arm? I know. I think that, you know, you're going to do the rollies with the little 
ding, 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 oh, ding, 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 so ding, like the there's like a, a roller that has little needles, and so it makes all of my skin uh, holes in it, holes in it yeah. on my face, and now I'm bleeding on my face. Yeah, to stimulate collagen growth. Okay, so I've also heard of one where they actually take blood out of your arm, arm, and then put that on top of that. I don't know if that's real. Um, okay, just need a moment. To- <laughs> Because now I'm picturing you with like a bloody face Thank and being you. like, oh, don't I look youthful? <laughs> I'm in my 20s. <laughs> so, okay. not that I'm not. I am. Um, so, okay. So, for so a procedure there, like a vampire facial or like a laser. Sure. My friend said you're tipping on the time. You're not tipping. Okay. It's not like tipping on, a, you know, when you get your roots done or a wax where you're tipping 15 to 20% on the whole thing. You're tipping on the time. Okay. So, if this so thing. She was like, just throw a 20 in the envelope. Okay. I like that. So first of all, I didn't know what microblading was. So I have researched this. And so for anybody out there who does not know, I guess it's a semi-permanent tattooing that you do on your eyebrow. Yeah. So if you feel like you have light eyebrows or you don't have enough definition or there's not enough shape, it's a a temporary tattoo-y thing Mm -hmm. or semi-permanent, whatever the difference is. So I made some phone calls to microblading places around the country. Oh, because I was like, you know what? We love about Nick. This is what we love about Nick. (laughs) Because my first thought was like, ninety dollars does feel extreme. It is extreme for this. So I called a bunch of spas in New York, and all of them, to a T, where they're like, yeah, it's customary to fifteen or twenty percent. No, I was like, I'm thinking, hmm. So then I called a spa in Yuma, Arizona, because I thought, let's just go. You know, I'm into Yuma. It just came to mind. Right. And so she was saying that like, well, you know, not everybody tips, but like if you do, then like it's 10%. So she also gave a percentage. Uh, And then I called a spa in Minneapolis and they're like, you don't have to tip at all. It's a medical procedure. We don't expect tips or things like that. Um, So similar answer that you gave. So like Botox, laser, this. Yeah. That's a different category. Yeah. I think the issue with microblading specifically is that it does not require like any licensing or certification in a lot of places. And so the same person that provides other more spa type services is doing it rather than more like a doctor or phlebotomist or like some other person who needs But you should be getting somebody who's done it. I would think if you're putting a needle of permanent ink on my face, I would want you to have some background. Yeah. Yeah. So- what I think you should do is you should call the spa that you're going to and talk to the manager and ask, what is typical? Right. And ask, like, what, what is expected and what is typical? I think if you don't get any guidance, I think the tipping on time thing is a great answer. It like, seems fair because yeah. tipping 10 to 15% on a large thing like that. Because also, I don't think you just have this once. I think you have multiple procedures or maybe touch-ups. you to go back. Yeah. 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 So that, I think that's good advice. Yeah. It would be so much easier for services that are larger, such as these, that it was just like no tipping. Well, it's all included in the price. Wouldn't it be nice if American society didn't have tipping at all and everything was always included? <laughs> and everybody just got paid enough. Right. Everybody just got paid and we don't do tipping. That would be so wonderful. Ugh. Like, can we not just be Japan? Or maybe we just started tipping stand-up comedians. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pass around the hat. Um, no, 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 no. I don't want to pass around hat. That feels... What? Where are we buskers? <laughs> okay. You want uh, Venmo? You want to palm me a few hundies? Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was one time some guy tipped me and I, I didn't even know how to handle it. If I was like, take it back. If I am and hiring his wife you- was like, just take the money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was like, if you insist. But if I'm hiring you to do a private event in my house, 
I guess, which is the thing that maybe happens. Oh, I did a private event in a house and they had me standing in a doorway. Oh. Just so you know some of the things that you show up to <laughs> as a comp. Because they were like, there was too many people here to fit in one room. So we had them in two rooms. So we're thinking maybe you could stand in the doorway and just turn back and forth oh, around. It's theater in the round. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, okay. you show up and you're just like, okay. Okay. Did they tip? <laughs> no, but the price was like, I didn't even think that one would tip. Okay. But I have been in places where they've tipped. Yeah. I just assume no tip. Well, when you're a medical professional or a comic, there's no tipping. Yeah, just like a medical professional. Basically the same. (laughs) Yeah. Humor is the best medicine. (laughs) Our next question is, my question is about addressing a friend's inquiries about why they haven't been invited to my home for a while. A long while. This friend has two terrible habits. One is that each time she comes over, she sits in my chair or in my spot on the sofa. There are no fewer than six other options for her to park herself. Yet the place that I want is the one that she decides must be hers. And then the second thing is she continually stays way too late. And by too late, I'm talking midnight or later without fail. No matter if I have to get up from work the next day, no matter that I'm usually in bed by 10, she's fully aware of these things and she does it anyway. Am I being too uptight here? Or is this a case of bad guest etiquette? What do you say? I love this question (laughs) because I can't imagine having somebody ask me why they haven't been invited to my house. I mean, if you have to ask, yeah. I just had to replay that in my head multiple times. You know, I'm like, is it because I live in New York and nobody goes to anybody's houses? I mean, I think it is always rude to invite yourself over. Yeah, who does that? And then I think it's also rude to ask why you haven't been invited over. Yeah. No, I think there's no way to slice that one. Yeah, it's 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 rude. It's a really weird question. Right. And clearly she's not been invited over because of uh, the seating problem and the lateness problem. Yeah. However, let's talk about the seating. I, I, I can't take our letter writer's side on this one. Oh, I don't have a problem with it. What do you not have a problem with? Well, I have my I have family members that have seats and I know it's their seat and I would never sit in it. Now, I am unclear from the way this question was written, whether or not our guest knows the seat she has taken. Yeah, she said she knows both these things. Oh, okay. At All the right. end. Oh, at the oh the oh she knows that the seat thing yeah. and the lateness thing. She knows that she's showing up, sitting in her seat, sitting sticking my... her finger in her timeline. You know what I mean? <laughs> this person is a pot stirrer. Okay. Whether or not you want to have a personal seat or not, that's your business. It's your house. But I think when you are inviting people over to your house. Yeah, but she's not inviting this person over. This person <laughs> right. is forcing themselves into their her home. Right. So she's barging in, taking her seat. Staying too late. You know, I feel like in my attempts to work on being direct and friendly with mm-hmm. people, you could say, ah, oh, you know, if you would come over and, you know, not sit in my favorite seat and leave on time, come on. That's how we would do this? You know what I mean? You could just say that, which is very direct. That is direct. More direct, rather than that weird response, <laughs> would be like, once you're in my house, like, oh, would you mind not sitting there? Oh, I feel like she said that already, though. But, I mean, it feels like it needs to be said again then. Right? No, this woman's a rule breaker. She's going to come over. She's going to do she's it. She's going to sit in your seat and then she's going to stay late. So then what is the response to this woman when we're like, why have I not been invited over? I would just do a thing where I laugh. Like okay. we're all having a joke. And then I would be like, look at the time. And then I would just go do something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. I would never do that. But I think it's a great option. It's a great option. <laughs> I mean, I think we do not say like, oh, the reason you haven't been invited over is because you take my seat and you stay too long. I don't think we can say that. Even I mean, though that you would can be say direct. that. It's very direct and it's yeah. true. Yeah, but it seems like this is still a friend. So we're trying not to totally burn this bridge. We just I don't, don't know want if I them. feel like this person is really a friend. You think true friends don't steal seats? I think you could say, hey, 
if you want this person to come over, which I'm getting the vibe that she doesn't. I'm getting a no on that, yeah. But if she did want this person to come over, she could say, hey, if you want to come, uh, here's some days at work, but I, I need to have this end early because I got to get up early. Right. And don't mind the bear trap I've placed on one of those chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other option, which is what I feel like is happening, is that they don't want this person to come over. Yeah. It feels like I don't want you coming over because you're just disrespectful. Right, of how this person likes to keep their home right. and their schedule. Right. So then the question is, how do you... Be friends with someone like that? Be friends with someone or just... I think you're allowed to not want people in your space. Yes. I don't love having people over. I like my space. I like having my space alone. Uh, I don't feel like I necessarily want other people in my space. Yeah. So you could say, I'd love to hang outside of my house. I just, you know, I don't want to hang in my house because I love to go to bed so early and yeah I'm kind of a drag I just like sitting in that one spot and just <laughs> go to bed by 10 yeah and you know then just make it about finding a place where you guys can meet up yes I think if you want to maintain the friendship and just don't need to have it happen in your house then like just make an effort to make plans with this person and other venues yeah just flip it to a where could we go yeah and I think that's fine. But I think in general, it is okay to set boundaries, uh, especially with people who stay too late. Yeah. And sometimes people don't pick up the hints or don't get the clues. And sometimes you just have to tell them like, oh, I'm so sorry about it. I didn't realize the time, but like- I got to get up early. I got to get up early. So sorry. And I do like Nick's idea of putting a bear trap in your favorite chair. You know, bear traps are never not a good idea. <laughs> so our next question is not actually a question. It's more like a PSA. So the PSA is to turn your phone off at the theater, but- it is to turn your phone completely off, power down. And why this is a PSA is that I just had a very good friend go see Harry Potter here in New York. I want to see it so bad. It's actually great. Keep the secrets, but it's great. Yeah, there's it's fun stuff happens. It's really mm. worth seeing. So in Harry Potter, it was a day in New York City where we had something called a snow squall. And a snow squall. We got it out in Atlantic City as well. Yeah. So it is basically where a wall of cloud containing snow comes over where you are so rapidly uh, that you have no warning. And so the emergency alert system went off for this snow squall. And the emergency alert system on your phone will penetrate vibrate mode. And so my friend was saying that in the theater of Harry Potter, the phones kept going off because everybody has like slightly different signal and like it's thick walls. So like not everybody is having signal at the exact same moment. So for like two minutes, everybody's phones basically exploded Ugh. and disturbed obviously the performance. And I think they did have to pause it because it was so extreme. Oh, wow. So if you had your phone completely off, this wouldn't happen. Right. But if you just went for vibrate mode, and I know a lot of you think vibrate mode's enough, it's not. So shut it all the way off. Unless you need to, like, uh, you're a doctor and you're on call or something, then okay, we'll give you a pass. Right. But uh, unless you have to have your phone on vibrate, please turn it off. I always shut it off, even if it's just a movie. Yeah. I'm so afraid there's a random alarm in there I didn't remember setting. You that know? is my worst fear, to be at a performance and my phone goes off. Oh, what a nightmare. It is, yeah. So just a PSA, turn it all the way off because you never know when a snow squall is coming your way. Wow. Okay. So these were great questions. Fantastic. And so thank you for sending them. And we would love it if you would send us more questions. Please do so. So send them to us through our website, worrybracebybwolves.com. Or you can send us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW. You can also send us a text message there too. We'll take your questions in any way. And any language, maybe Finnish. Please. Actually, send us Finnish questions about Finnish weddings. Yes, and then uh, we'll go to Finland. Perfect. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. 
This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wilde. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.